Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy and welcome to The Fix. Welcome to this weekly version of me sharing my experience, strength, and hope that we might all get well together. And isn't that the way life is? You know, life is very filled. We're going to talk about that today with opportunity and excitement and energy or it is the last place we want to be. And I've been on both sides of that equation, and I will tell you, I much enjoy thoroughly. It's not even comparative where I'm at today than anywhere I was at prior to my recovery journey back in 19, I guess, 85 with Gamblers Anonymous, but certainly 86 when I went into treatment. You know, uh, Zig Ziglar, one of the one of the greats that I've always followed along the years with many other mentors and authors and motivational speakers, Zig Ziglar says he has been poor and he has had a lot of money and he learned a lot when he was poor, but he rather enjoys having a lot of money so much more. And isn't that true with us? We've learned so much as we were going through whatever we went through to get to the other side to where we're at today. And we would never discount those opportunities and situations where we gained insight into empathy and understanding of what others are going through. But living this life today as we now live it, is everything we've ever wanted. You know, today, and I was reflecting on this, today's podcast is podcast 240. 240 times I presented 30 minutes to you reflecting on the different aspects of living, not just as a person of recovery, because that puts you and me in a box. But as people of life, and today's podcast is called Rules to Live By, I believe, and if you disagree with this, you know, you're more than welcome to have at it. If you strongly disagree with this, message me, call me, and let me know why my premise or position is wrong. Now, Let me qualify with what I'm going to say is that this is over time. Certainly when I first came into recovery and began to have a new way of living, I did not feel this way, but I hung around people who did. And so I sort of piggybacked off of their energy, their enthusiasm, their mentality, kind of like fake it till you make it or you know, I'll take what you have and I'll use it until I can adopt my own, that side of mentality. And and it was always 
to live a normal life. And I was telling my friend Wendy a couple of years ago, I'm so proud of Wendy and, and the development and what she's grown into as a person and as, as a very healthy person. And we talked about normalcy and Wendy was ever wondering, will I ever feel normal? And my response to Wendy was, are you acting normal? Do you live normal? Do you conduct yourself as a normal person? Would anyone out there know of your addictive history if you don't tell them? And she said, no, because people think I'm normal. I said, well, guess what? You are normal. And isn't that what we strive for? Weren't we, didn't we used to feel like we were an obvious square peg trying to fit into a round hole. I mean, that was how our life was, but we even took on that persona. We thought that that's how others viewed us and their view, their perceived view of us got me, us feeling so uncomfortable, it created a certain amount of pain, which we needed relief from. When we come into treatment and recovery, and again, no matter where you're at in life, I believe this whole planet needs to be on recovery. I don't care if you say, well, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not a drug addict. Well, you mean life is easy for you? Life is easy for you to comprehend? I know so many individuals who have never walked through what many of us who are listening today have walked through. I have many listeners who've never been addicted to alcohol, never been addicted to drugs. They're on their same marriage. They've never thrown up three times a day. They've never lost a paycheck to, to gambling on site or in person. All the things that we come in with, and yet they look at me and say, Robert, help me understand how to live because this is a challenge. That is a challenge. You know why? Because they're normal, just like you and me. And there's certain extra things that you and I experience because of our addiction, because of our behavioral challenges. But when you set all of those things aside, we need rules to live by because life can be challenging just because it is life, right? I tell people all the time, you know, there's certain things that you are going to go through in life because it's life. And there's certain inescapable realities of living. Sometimes we dodge a bullet or get around a circumstance or or something affects our neighbor but doesn't affect us. Do you ever see like a tornado path um, down through the Oklahoma Tornado Alley? You'll see these tornadoes come through and they'll come through quarter mile, half mile, the F4s and F5s, maybe three quarters of a mile or a mile wide. Did you ever see the destructive path where one house will be destroyed, the house next to it will maybe lose a roof, and the house on the other side of that, you won't even, you wouldn't even know that a tornado came by if you didn't see a full picture of that. And sometimes that's the way life is, right? I don't know why certain people suffer. Like Andy Kaufman, great comedian. He was on Taxi and very funny guy. Um, Andy Kaufman died of lung cancer and he never smoked. Go figure that out, right? But these are things that happen to us because we're a part of living. So one of the things that we try to do is incorporate Rules to live by into our life, reasonable rules that it doesn't inoculate us or insulate us from things happening in our life, but it prevents things, you know, it's kind of like I probably won't get hit by a bus today because I won't walk in front of one. Does that make sense? 
in in the big book, they my friend Chris talks about he was the alcoholic jaywalker, you know, or that boxer who continues to get in the ring no matter how many times. And Father Martin talks about this, continues to get beat up because he is severely overmatched against the opponent. And and a normal person would look and say why don't you just not get in the ring, right? If you don't like getting beat up, beat up, don't get in the ring. And one of our um, insulations or preventative measures against life being unfair, unnecessarily unfair to us is to live by a set of rules. Well, I'm very fortunate because you've heard me talk about Cedar House. One of my dear friends is Melissa, and she is the uh, social media manager for Cedar House there in Southern California. And Melissa, if you don't follow uh, Cedar House, um, you'll want to do it. It's Cedar House uh, Life Changer on Instagram. So at Cedar House. And if you just look them up, uh, you'll be able to support uh, that population there of men and women who are looking to get sober and reclaim the life that they had given away and to be catapulted into a life that we could never even have dreamed of. But Melissa posts a lot of great things on a regular basis. And I asked her the other day if I could use this. Now, they're, they're actually tips to staying sober but with her permission, I've sort of reworked them because, you know, life is meant to be lived according to a set of rules, right? I used to conduct my life as a very selfish and self-centered person. Everything revolved around me. Ask anyone who know me, uh, mom, dad, brothers, sisters, ex-wives, children. If it didn't serve me, there was a likelihood I wasn't going to do it or didn't participate in it. And if I did, it was unwillingly. So within that self-centeredness, I decided that I would live however I would want to live and life would just have to accommodate me. Is <laughs> That's like the living definition of self-centeredness. But that is not how it works at all. There are certain rules that I must follow if I am to live a healthy and productive life. Now, I have some latitude in how I conduct myself, but whether I live by a set of rules has been determined long before I began living this life. They were, they were already in place. And matter of fact, I found myself contrary to these rules of living. You know, when you're caught in a riptide, don't fight against it. They tell you to swim, swim along almost diagonally um, toward the shore. And eventually you will get to the shore. That is, that is a rule of a riptide. Uh, because if you fight against it, you will drown. And that's what I was doing. And it was only when I started to go in direction of these rules that I start to live a productive life. And that's what I love about 12-step programs. 12-step programs are not designed to teach a person how not to overeat, gamble, engage in sexual immorality that destroys a family, alcohol, drugs, you name it. It's designed to teach us how to live by rules and based on that, those lifestyle changes, those choices, I will no longer want to self-medicate or be distracted by behavior. So today I have a choice. I can either live a life that allows me to be happy, joyous, and free, or I can subscribe to a life of confusion that would lead to nothing less than pain and discomfort.
Now, the great news is I found the rules to be very reasonable and easy to follow. And I hope as we work through them today, it will be the same for you. So let me tell you what Melissa posted the other day, and then I'll sort of let you know how I reworked them to accommodate a broader population that many of you that many of you come from. Again, many of my listeners message me and they're not addicted to a, a substance or behavior, but they're engaged in this thing called life and life just has rules and they are inescapable rules that we all must live by in order to coexist in a harmonious faction. So I love these rules because these rules apply universally, um, and yet they're very direct toward people of recovery. So Melissa says here, there are tips to stay sober. And the first one is attend NA or AA AA meetings. And of course, an OA, GA, SA, EA, you name it. Um, But attend those meetings. Have a regular schedule and a commitment to learn. Says, make new and sober friends. One of the rules of recovery is change old playgrounds and old playmates. So make new and and changing playgrounds is by attending meetings we didn't attend when we were out there ripping and running. And we make new friends, some in those meetings and some in the course of life. I love the next one. And this is where, when I was reading what Melissa had put down as these tips, this is a universal rule that everyone, and maybe especially addicts like you and me, and those addicted to a negative behavior, destructive behavior, maybe we need to do a little bit more because maybe we have a a clinical diagnosis that causes us to uh, make sure that our mental health is in order, but maintain your mental health. Oh my goodness. I, as a person who was diagnosed with OCD, and I'm probably just a little... uh, uh, ADD, right? At least I get distracted very easily. Uh, we need to maintain mental health. We need to be aware of our mental health condition. And my friend Wendy and even uh, Burke can speak more on this. Uh, and even my friends at River Community and Social Social Model Recovery, because they deal directly with uh, dual diagnosis um, uh, participants but maintain your mental health. Understand we have a mental health issue. Help overcome that issue clinically with treatment, with medication, what have you. But once we have reached a stable condition, then we need to maintain in order to stay mentally healthy. Be of service. Well, I love that. And I'm going to talk about that even more so. And then, of course, be aware of signs of a relapse. Now, you might think that that is pertaining to people of addiction. And and in the way that Melissa framed it, it was a relapse is falling back into that, using that substance or that, uh, that behavior. But relapse isn't an event. Relapse is a process. And we're going to talk about that. So Melissa, thank you so much uh, for these points. And now let's go ahead and cover what I call the rules, and we'll break them down, and and you'll see where these apply to everyone across the board, 
not just people of addiction such as you or me. So the first one, you know, Melissa had attend AA or NA meetings. I reworded that to attend structured gatherings that lends itself to positivity, right? Attend structured gatherings that lends itself to positivity. And I use these words carefully because one of the things we need in life and a rule of life, we need structure, not rigidity, not like a fundamental Baptist, like I was, nothing's wrong with being a Baptist, but being a fundamentalist that shuts you off from other people. Religiosity, which is a man-made approach to a spiritual condition or reverence, uh, can be harmful, can be negative, because it has a very different approach to what it views as truth, right? So we need to attend that. And I should have said regularly attend. It is what it is. But we need to attend structured gathering. And we need to regular attend because don't just try it once. You know, so often, and one of the reasons I'm not on TikTok or or Twitter anymore, people have a tendency to think, and I need to guard myself against it, that in order to elevate your position, you need to degrade another position. Now, People will say that this doesn't work and that doesn't work. I tried this and I tried that. And the question is, did you really try it or did it affect you? Did it offend you? Did it cause you to be uncomfortable so you didn't pursue it after once or twice because that degree of accountability or uncomfortability said, nah, this isn't for me. It doesn't work. And you went on your merry way. You still haven't changed, right? So regularly attend a structured gathering that lends itself to positivity. And I I want this to be a universal approach because maybe you are a religious person. Maybe you, are, you were raised a Catholic and you love Catholicism and you love that teaching. Maybe you're Muslim. Maybe you are Judeo-Christian. Maybe you're LDS. Maybe you're you do, you were raised uh, as part of the Buddhist network. What Whatever your inclination is where you find a spiritual connection, uh, a, a confirming or reaffirming positive connection, go and attend those meetings. Now, I found that best for me in AA and NA and obviously OA and all the other things I qualified for. Over time, though, it graduated into other gatherings. So if you're not comfortable with AA or NA, who cares? Find a support group. Find a group of people, preferably in person, right? Because proximity, I believe, breeds accountability, right? Social media is good as a support. But I've done podcasts and I've talked to people about the dangers of social media recovery. I don't think it exists. Because it's too easy to block me. It's too easy to kick me out of your life if we don't meet. And that's just what I believe. So attend structured gatherings that lends itself to positivity. Number two, make new friends that are in alignment with positive life choices. That was so important to me. I saw these people. There was a couple different types of people. There's obviously more than that. You know, misery loves, it says, misery loves miserable company. Have you ever heard that phrase before? 
Well, in my opinion, my experience, I've been taught that's not completely true because misery just doesn't love company. Misery loves miserable company. Like water seeks its own level, which is a scientific principle based on gathering and slope and, and, and so on. And you'll notice that when you get in the shower. You, know, you ever notice how the shower, all the water drains and flows? That's on purpose. It's, it's a drain pan that's sloped intentionally because they want the water to go in a particular direction. And that's the same way with people. People have a tendency to migrate to that level of thinking. And so when I find myself in alignment, I want to be in alignment with positive life choice people because I want to go in that direction. I want to make new friends and I want to secure relationships. An example, uh, my brother Jim is coming out in, in next week and, and my sister-in-law Anna, we're going to go see Elvis Costello and uh, love, love Elvis and the imposters. Anyway, uh, my my daughter Sarah Jane the other day we were chatting and she's really excited to see Uncle Jim and Aunt Anne and the kids and all that sort of thing little family reunion and and so she said you know what it never surprised me that you're such great friends with your brother Jim because you're in such a line and she used this word you're such in alignment with this thinking he's so much like you he's positive he's funny. She thinks I'm funny. You love music. You love all these things. There's such great alignment between you. It never surprised me that you were such good friends with him. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, and so many people like my friend Will or Wendy or even Susie, who is an Al-Anon member and other Al-Anons that I've met along the way. We may come from a different direction, a different side of the table, but we are people who want to associate ourselves with people who are making positive life choices. Because positive life choices, according to the rules to live by, have a tendency to gain positive results. It's that garbage in, garbage out. Well, goodness in, goodness out. And the law of attraction, if you study that at all, will lend itself to that principle also. Thirdly, just to play off of what Melissa was talking about, where she says, maintain your mental health. I like to take a daily mental inventory to maintain a balanced mental health. If I don't know where I am in the moment, I don't know what adjustments to make along the way. And that's that maintenance. You know, maintenance is a funny thing. I'm not a mechanic in terms of knowing how to fix many things, especially on my vehicle. They're electronic. They can be very complicated. I can change the tire and fill my oil and fill my um, uh, my my windshield wiper reservoir, that kind of thing. But what I'm good at is paying attention to sounds. I know because I've, I've driven in good vehicles and I've driven in some clunkers, right? Kind of like my life. And, and I know like balance, balance mental health. I know when I'm out of alignment. I know if I take my hands off the wheel and my vehicle has a tendency to go straight, I'm in good alignment. Tires are balanced, even where, you know, my tow bar is in line, all the things that alignment brings. And so, but if I know if it pulls to the left, tow out, to the right, tow in, whatever term they use, but I know, hey, I need attention here. 
or if my car doesn't start right away in the winter when it's 15 degrees, maybe I need to have that battery looked at. Maybe maybe the voltage or however amperage, cold cranking power, whatever they call it. Maybe I need to get a new battery. Maybe I need to go to Big O or AutoZone to get this thing checked out. I remember uh, before I traded in my truck, I had an engine light that went on. And I thought, what the heck is this? My truck is running great. So I went into AutoTrader or AutoZone rather, and they had this really cool diagnostic thing. They hook it up and they realized that and I didn't know it before, but a rock had gone through my front grill that had broken my ventilation slats, kind of like Venetian blinds, that are regulated by the cooling system, which indicated that they weren't working. My engine light went on. Now, fortunately, it wasn't anything that needed immediate attention, so I was able to take care of it over time. But that's what we do. We we do a daily mental inventory, and I do the same thing when I get up in the morning. I can tell my mood, where I'm at, just by how I perceive the day. If I wake up excited, anticipating life on life's terms, it's like, this is cool. I'm doing okay. But if I wake up angry, disillusioned, you know, discontent, I know, okay, where's that coming from? I need to take a look at this. And I know I'm spending a few extra minutes on this, but this is balance. This is where I find my balance in maintaining my mental health. I take a daily mental inventory to maintain a balanced mental health. If I'm to the left, I fix it, get back to the center. If I'm to the right, I fix it, get back to the center. Number four, being of service to others. Here's why. Not only serving is the right thing to do, every biblical monotheistic Buddhist network, every spiritual approach will say, I must be second and others may be first. He who shall be, be last will be first or however that biblical phrase goes. You know what I'm talking about. Here's the deal. Serving others is a means to be served. You've, you've heard me talk about uh, reciprocal relationships. I say hello, and I mean it with a smile in my voice and on my face. And you say, hey, how are you doing? I've served you with a compliment. I've greeted you with friendliness and openness and understanding, a compassion, a love and empathy, whatever the situation is, and you receive it and you send it back. Service comes in so many different ways to help others feel good. And as a direct result, we feel good. As a Christian, the Bible says that Christ came to seek and to save those who were lost. Well, you may not believe in Christianity, but you have to believe in that principle, right? I get up every day, and many of you do, because you encourage me to be the best possible version of me so I can serve you, because I know in serving you, I am served. Just like I think I've done 150 blogs, many of those Susie has done, my Al-Anon friend. Once a month, she she publishes a, a blog for us. But 240 podcasts, I do them for you, but I do them for me. I am so energized when I find something like what Melissa wrote so I can sort of rework it. I do it for you, but I know how I'm going to feel when everything is said and done. 
People who don't receive are people who do not give because not receiving as a point of giving would violate the law of reciprocation. And it's a rule. It's a law. It just happens. It, we may not get back in the, in the way that I was hoping to, but then again, is that really giving, right? That's giving with expectation. That's not really giving because my motives aren't correct. We, like I would tell my children, especially my son, Rob, growing up, character is doing what you're supposed to do because it's the right thing to do, period. And if it comes back the way it was meant to come back or how I want it to come back, then that's great. Number five, be aware of attitude or life changes that would negatively divert us. Melissa said, be aware of signs of relapse. And that's what we're talking about. Be aware of an attitude. Am I thinking differently? No, do I no longer find value in attending these gatherings? Do I no longer invite positivity into my life? Am I no longer objective? Am I becoming more subjective where you can't tell me anything? Do I view change as an inconvenience or do I view a life change as an opportunity to grow and to become a stronger, more durable version of myself? Because when I do that, it's going to negatively divert me. Now, life says sometimes we are just going to be diverted. But if I'm taking my daily inventory and I sense that diversion, I can either get myself on a right path or I can go to my sponsor, Will or Scott or Wendy or Angie and say, hey, check me. One of the reasons I have such a presence on social media is I want you to be able to reach out to me because you may see something about me or my attitude or the position I've taken in life. And you'll message me and say, hey, Rob, I see where you're going. I see what you're saying, but I don't understand this. Are you getting off base with what you want to believe in the direction you want to go in? That's a completely legitimate thing because I may be, you know, I may be delusional in my approach to a certain thing. It's like, why would you think that way? Don't you see that that is contrary to that which you're going as I become that salmon trying to swim upstream more die than make it because they're going against the flow of nature. Oh, and by the way, I don't think I finished this thought where it says misery loves miserable company. Well, misery loves company. Misery loves miserable company. And if I refuse to be miserable, if I refuse negativity, if I refuse to live by a set of rules that promote me as a selfish entity, I will live a life that is unfulfilled. You know, Zig Ziglar said something fantastic, and I'll close with this. Actually, I'll read another chapter um, or, or paragraph. Zig Ziglar said, no one should die with their song still in them. Does that make sense? So whatever positive song you have to sing, sing it loud, sing it proud, sing it as a person who's going in the direction that you've always wanted life to go in. Learn what the rules are and live by them. You know, in Roman numeral, and I'll refer to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, Dr. Silkworth, who is a great friend of AA in the, in the foundation of AA, he wrote a medical letter regarding alcoholism and addiction and why certain people drink with impunity and why others such as myself fall into addiction. He says, essentially, the person who seemed doomed says now finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only requirement necessary is to follow a few simple rules. 
and they are rules to live by. I'll put them in the notes so you can go over them, share them in your treatment environment. I find these rules filled with common sense and really quite simple to follow. You don't even have to have an addictive background to understand how these are vital to healthy living. They're not always easy to follow because they're on paper and paper means it's devoid of emotion. It's one dimensional, but nevertheless, it can be done. And I wish you wellness on your journey. Thank you so much for joining me. You know, if you're a treatment center or if you know someone who is and you're looking for a speaker, I've sort of rearranged my life and my finances that if you're willing to pay my travel, I will come out and conduct workshops according to what your plan of recovery is and assist you in any possible way. Just reach out to me and I will be as accommodating as I possibly can. Uh, you know, on this journey of recovery and recovery guy, one of the things I always like to tell you is we got broken apart, but we get whole together. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy. Mm -hmm.